0: Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, Radio to Open the Heart, Heal the Soul, and Awaken That Sleepy Consciousness. And oh boy, oh boy, we're having fun this morning. I have a guest (laughs) in the studio with us and Mr. Benny. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Benny runs like a gazelle in
1: slow (laughs) Motion inside, kind of joke there, folks. Oh, that's what I look like in the hallway a, about 10 minutes it's ago, fantastic. and seems to be trending now. Yes,
0: it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go viral, and Sorry. it was really awesome. And uh, we also uh, were talking, uh, my guest today and I about the fact that Mr. Benny is a jack of all trades, but a it's, jack of all trades, but we've, updated, we've it. updated it. Yes, we
1: have thanks to our guests. Yes, too. yes, that's right, a Benny of all trades because it's the more it's 2000s, right.
0: Oh, right. But if we want to go oh. back, which we did have
1: to look when the Jack of yeah. all traits began, right. it was publicly introduced in 1592 <laughs> out of a booklet. Greens, <laughs> I'm going to go with Groats. Yep. Okay, Groats, worth of wit. Gre- Greens. Greens, Groats, groats. worth Words of,
0: of wit. wit. Great. <laughs> That's all I need to say, right? Exactly.
2: You need to know further? Look it up. I, no, I don't need to know further. It was I. a bestseller of the time. It yeah, was. That it was, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: Mr. Gr- Grote. Green. Green Grote. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, instead of a jack of all trades, we're now going to be saying, it's a Benny of all trades. That's right. I'm working it. I like it. I like, <laughs> it. I like it. I like it a lot. Anyway, this is Loretta Brown, and I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 23 years or some crazy amount like that. Um, I do have Reiki Masterclass coming up this Saturday, May 30th, and it is an all-day class. You have to have gone through Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 in order to go through the Reiki Masterclass. So don't try to slip in the door. Don't hide in the back. Don't find out things ahead of your time. That's the way it is. I'm just making fun. Anyway, there's a lot of people out there that do Reiki and uh, really great teachers. It's important that you resonate with the teacher that you work with. So if you're ready to step into becoming a Reiki master, please sign up at schedule.reikioasis.com or contact me, Loretta Brown, at reikioasis at Com and find out more about the class. I'd love to have you come. I had a wonderful crystal bowl healing concert last Sunday night at Bali Yoga in Kirkland. And I have to tell you, it was magical. It was it was just so beautiful. Um, The crystal bowls, if you've never experienced them before, um, I usually use the frosted crystal bowls and I did have some Tibetan uh, uh, singing bowls with me also um, and my spirit drum, but the bowls are are very unique. Sometimes their sounds are very piercing. Sometimes they're calm and soothing. And Sunday night it was just magical. I don't even know what to say about it. So if you like the idea of coming to the Crystal Bowl concerts, I will be uh, performing every month now. I'm rotating between Bala Yoga in Kirkland and Bala Yoga in Sammamish. And so the next one will be April twenty eighth. Sunday evening at Bala Yoga in Sammamish. Get your tickets through Bala Yoga. Don't miss out. Wear yoga clothes. Bring your crystals for clearing and charging. Have lots of water. And come to have a great meditation and just feel fantastic when it's over. Um, I also want to thank my Patreons. This is a listener-supported show, and every single dollar is so appreciated. If you want to become part of my community, go to patreon.com slash loretta brown show and become part of the inside scoop now before i bring my guest on i'm going to do a quick astrology check in because yes it has happened it has happened today Woo! Yeah! mercury yeah! Uh-huh, so excited is going Woo! direct oh yes <laughs> thank you god thank you mercury so thank you I'm happy right now <laughs> Happy, happy 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 nothing happy, else happy. will fail i know <laughs> so today which is march 28 mercury stations direct in pisces now i have to tell you don't i don't don't let this dampen your mood i don't want to pop your bubble but it's still conjunct neptune so you're not going to be it's still a mis- little bit misty a little bit foggy in our consciousness but it's going to be Clearing right up. I'm okay with that. We're working through it. Yeah. So that's all right. That's all right.
1: (laughs) I think it's all right
0: too. So until April, don't get too crazy, but you know, that's only a couple of days away. So gently, gently through the weekend, all my listeners, gently, gently, because the other thing going on is the sun has moved into fiery Aries. (sighs) And it did that. And then look at the beautiful weather we had in Seattle. Just like that, Aries went. <coughs> yes, I'm fire. <coughs> yes, here I am. So the uh, it, we've got that going on, and then of course everybody knows the week's been just a little bit weird, um, and I'm just going to say that the energy's been a bit heavy. So. Uh, you know, all I can say is hang in there because yeah. Chiron also moved into Aries, and it's going to be there for like seven years. We're changing
1: it up. We're changing. Why? It
0: up. Because no more. <laughs> oh, <praise> Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, and I can't take credit for Mercury moving in the sky, but <laughs> no, you cannot.
3: <laughs>
0: I love that. <laughs> Uh, here's another great thing you might keep that keep that in hand over there, Benny of all oh, trades,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because Tuesday Venus moved into Pisces, which is her place of magic, romance, and exaltation. She's going to be there for three weeks, and this is the time when you could find your soulmate. <gasps> Ooh la la! Ooh, Ooh la la! You could heal Definitely all your items. <laughs> <laughs> you could heal. Every- <laughs> It's getting better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you could you aren't you available, Betty? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Where do the where do we take a right? The hard right. Let's get back to where Venus. Where is that hard right?
1: <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right. I will give you a ding for that
0: one too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so Venus in Pisces is magical. It's it's going to help us heal our issues around love, money, And creativity blocks. So if you've been like going, oh, I'm just looking at this blank canvas. What do I want to paint? Maybe a dot. You know, you're going to be able to move forward. And it brings in this beautiful energy of luxury and love. So during this three-week transit, let yourself (laughs) relax into love. Uh, Pay a little bit of attention to Venus, the goddess of love and let that love just be rich and as full as the ocean. We have another thing I want to mention, and that is on Sunday, Mars moves into Gemini and out of Pisces. And uh, Mars is um, the planet of of war and conflict. And uh, when it moves into Gemini, it's going to be like a refreshing breath of air, right? Because Gemini is that. The Gemini twins do represent the the equal hemispheres of the brain, in case you wondered what that was all about, the evil twin, the good twin, right? So you may experience an uplift in your information, (coughs) input, and output. You might find yourself speeding into conversations, wanting them. You might be like taking that stack of books and just reading them one after another, and you might just feel like writing up a storm, So Mars in Gemini adheres to this little statement, knowledge is power. And this is going to be an important element as we begin next week with the new moon in Aries. So my listeners, isn't it time for something new? Ha, isn't it time to get rid of all that heaviness? Yes, isn't it time for better communication, love, light and all of the good things? Well, it's on its way. And of course, we always have to do our part. Now, my guest today is a good friend of mine. I'll make it a quick segue. That's great. Yep. Benny's <laughs> looking at me. Yeah, like, enough about me.
2: Enough about <laughs> 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 Enough about me. Now, what do you think about me? Yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> That's
0: exactly right, by the way. My guest today is my is my great friend, Kathy Wilmering. She is a counselor, a psychiatric nurse. We need her right now in the studio. And the owner of Change. Health and Wellness, based right here in Seattle. And uh, she's an international speaker, a workshop presenter on healing through trauma and moving through chronic illness. She offers individual, couples, family, and group counseling services to include psychiatric medication management. She uses a very eclectic, oh, whatever works approach That includes all the factors that affect you to include your family, your friends, your experiences, your spirituality, and so forth. And today we're going to be talking about um, her two workshops coming up and also music as medicine, using your voice as medicine, how to calm anxiety, find personal peace through mantra, mudra, and breath. Now, Kathy, tell us just a little bit about yourself and how did you get into all
2: of this? That is an enormous question. And so yes. I will not take um, 45 Kathy, minutes
0: for this one. Kathy of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: really silly. Well, um, there were a, a couple of entrees. One is that I work with people that have been through hell in addition to people that have just been through like purgatory and stuff. And so <laughs> really people need every tool at their disposal to get through really hard stuff. And so traditional psychotherapy and medications are not enough. And so I went hunting for lots of tools. And some of them we've hunted together as we've traveled all over the world. Yes, we places have. places like India and Nepal and Tibet. And we've gotten to be with indigenous healers and then just plain old wise people. And so I came up with a whole array of things. Then I- in my particular world, I was working and I was hit head-on in a car collision and had pretty massive results from that, um, including a severe onset of multiple sclerosis. And although I rehabbed myself the first time, I was then rear-ended really hard and developed the second worst kind of multiple sclerosis and went down, down, down. And so if anything can make you anxious, it is that particular disease because you don't know what's going to happen, or otherwise, um, in my case, it looked like I was going to become a total care patient in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And so that um, is a very strong enticement to learn everything you can to get out of it. And so that's how I've come to all the different modalities that I've learned.
0: Well, one of the reasons I wanted you on the show today is because you are probably one of the most inspirational people I know. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this with the listening audience. But I, I want them to not only appreciate your absolute command of what you do, like your 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 intelligence and your training, but also the big heart that goes into everything that you do. And it comes from your personal experience. Because when I first met you, which I don't even know when that was now. 1999. 10, is that when it was? 1999. Um, you were walking with two canes. And you had a lot of trouble getting around, and now you still you still have your canes, but you are pretty functional. And and I've watched you go through
2: an array of things to get there. Actually, yeah. the only time I need it now is when I have to stand in line, like at the airport when you have a long security line. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I usually don't need it, except yeah. for like once in a great while.
0: Yeah. And I just want the listening audience to know, and, and, and people that love Kathy, I know some of you are listening, that... Um, I remember climbing in, in the Himalayan mountains <laughs> with Kathy, <laughs> and she's got her canes. Up she's going and down she's going, and, and um, we did Reiki every day. You remember that. And therapeutic yeah. touch. We sure did. Therapeutic touch and Reiki. And You probably were doing Qigong and all kinds of other things, too. Yeah, once yeah. I learned it, yes. Yeah. So this idea that we can bring together these two divergent worlds of the medical and holistic approaches to our health and wellness. I think it's imperative.
2: Sounds very Gemini to me. It does, doesn't <laughs> it?
0: It's uh-huh. it's perfect for the show. I was thinking about that too like, yeah, it's two things.
2: Yeah, I really like the idea that nothing is bad in itself and what's, you know, been difficult as I walk in both of those worlds is to hear how both sides trash each other. Yes. And really each one has each each way of approaching has its place. Yeah, it does.
0: Um, in, in my own work, I run into the same thing and I always tell people, listen, um, sometimes you need, you know, carrots and sometimes you need beans, right? But Western (laughs) and Eastern philosophies and medicines and approaches actually can
2: complement each other. Right. Yeah. And the more we walk into being able to respect each side, the more we also see similarities. Right. Especially when you look back to how things started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, You've been on quite the journey. I have. Yes, you have. And um, Kathy and I also do a lot of mantra work together. Yes, we do. And tell uh, you could just explain to the audience, what is a mantra? uh, uh, What is its purpose? What is it?
2: A mantra is um, some syllables that go together that people have found over thousands of years um, create impacts on different parts of your body and different parts of your psyche and um, their their own kind of medicine so in other words you figure out what situation you're in and um, what kind of quality you need or um, what way you want to develop and then there are different mantras that go with each of those yeah I I think of
0: it like I said earlier I think of it like medicine or um, the Vedic chants excuse me I have to clear my throat throat) the Vedic chants to me are prescriptions you
2: know but they're sound prescriptions Yeah, because we are all, you know, if you think about it, we're mostly water, and so we all have, no matter what we do, we have waves pulsating through us, and so a lot of times when the waves are not um, going, how do I say, in harmony with each other, then that creates issues, you know, different health issues and different spiritual issues, so a mantra is a really good way to organize um, the way our electrical impulses go throughout our bodies and, you know, basically our... um, Fluid structure.
0: Yeah, our fluid structure. I think of it also, um, you know, I'm just adding to what you're saying, like when you do a mantra um, and you're doing it out loud, you know, the tongue is flicking up against the soft palate and creating a, a something as, as well as, I'm going to say, the sacred geometry of the mantras, you know, because it creates that, that geometry or that
2: sound frequency. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's mm-hmm. some research on that too, a lot of it in India about um, what happens, and especially how after you chant or do some of these different practices we're going to talk about here for about 11 minutes, it actually changes your brain, Um, first of all, to more of an alpha state, and then, you know, depending on what you do afterwards, to different other kinds of useful states. I think that's awesome.
0: I No, I love that because, you know, like for my own self, I find that when I do mantra, like you say, 11 minutes is great. Um. It calms me down, or it quiets the brain, or it it silences that <laughs> the minions that
2: serve the dark lord up there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so interesting. You go and you can, if you, depending on who you are and what you need, you can go into this really um, deep silence that's really healing. And it's really funny to think that there's sound and silence together, but there is.
0: Yeah, sound and, and it's silence. Actually, yeah. pretty delicious. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I think it's important too. After we do. Um, mantra or or sound work that we're quiet for a bit and let it let it move through or let ourselves absorb it you know kind of like when I was doing the crystal bowls on Sunday night just just quiet now
2: just be with it yeah because it is nutrition and I really like birthday cake and so it's as good as birthday cake (laughs) birthday cake all righty okay what is a mudra a mudra is um, different hand positions that you use Um, to create different impacts in your body. So um, I think as you also know, Loretta, our body is filled with um, different points, um, and energy goes between them and electrical impulses, and they um, create different experiences in our body. And so over thousands of years, what people have found out is if you hold different points together, then you create different experiences in your body and um, helpful changes in health and spiritual connection. And um, the fingertips are really rich in endings, like both nerve endings, if you're talking from a Western perspective, mm-hmm. and then also um, energy points, acupressure points, or um, nadi points, if you're talking from a Chinese or an Indian perspective.
0: Right. So so doing the mudras, like their hand positions. Yeah, uh-huh. like you
2: might, mm-hmm. um, right now I'm touching my thumb um, to my fourth finger, and that invokes earth element, and actually that's one of the things that I used to have to do a lot when I was try, you know, getting over a lot of my multiple sclerosis mm. because, you know, I'd wake up and my one leg wouldn't be working and I'd be like, Hmm, I have to get up and go to work. How is this going to happen? So then I'd hold these positions for a while. And then I also have um, tremors, especially on my um, left side and sometimes on the right. So I'd hold it. My hand would be like shaking. Oh, wow. Um, and it'd be okay. really hard to keep it together. But after a while, it would start to be able um, to calm down and connect. And then it was like I felt this flow through my body and my leg would mellow out and, you know, stop doing the lovely things it does where it won't support my weight and where, so forth.
0: Where did you get that idea to hold that,
2: as you say, the earth circuit? Yeah. Well, I wish I could say I got it for myself. But we, when we went to India, we met a woman named she. Chakrabarti, i remember and mm-hmm. i bought her book and so this is in the back although it's not for you know it doesn't say for conditions like this one of the things i had to do was a lot of experimenting and yeah. i found this one was exceptionally useful for um helping my body to start working and get out of bed when it needed to so um <clears throat> i don't know why my voice is clogged up i
0: apologize The mudras and the mantras then, so the mudra can work by itself, and the mantra can work by itself, and when you put them together, then you've got something even more powerful or...
2: What I'm used to is that it depends. Okay. You know, it's sort of like, you know, when you go like to PCC and they, you know, say, you know, there's this dish, and we suggest you pair it with this red wine, and so... If you put it with a certain kind of white wine, it probably wouldn't taste too good. But if you get the right red wine, then you're good.
0: I'm just thinking you could have like the list of red wine mantras and the uh, mudras and the list of white wine
2: mantras and mudras. Yeah, the lucky thing is it doesn't raise the price any.
0: (laughs) So how did you get interested in working with anxiety and trauma
2: and things like that? Well, um, I'm trying to remember back into the the dark ages here. And so I started working as a nurse, and I worked in different places like the Appalachians and the Ozarks, and saw a whole lot of poverty and trauma there, and then got really interested in public health, where you go into people's homes, and you're usually dealing with people that are quite amazing because they're living with, you know, multiple impacts like poverty, and family trauma, and historical trauma, and um, everything else like that. And so regular things, you know, like I was mentioning before, were not enough. They were good, but there had to be a lot more. And so I started experimenting and reading and eventually um, found some different teachers. And one way was by going and volunteering um, at this workshop because I could afford to go and helping out the different teachers who were you know, different people from complementary modalities. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm learned a whole lot of things like qigong and sound and then afterwards i really didn't have to specifically be directed because everything was so fascinating and it was so fascinating to me that we could use our own bodies as and our spirits as tools mm. and there's no end to how we can help ourselves in the world by using you know some of these different things to enhance what our bodies can already do that's a powerful statement no, Kathy, I mean, it's
0: really powerful, the idea that we can use our bodies, right, mm-hmm. and and using these modalities or techniques that are out there that we can help ourselves because a lot of people feel so helpless.
2: Yes, especially if you have chronic illness mm-hmm. or if you have trauma and flashbacks and different kinds of things like that going on and it feels like things will never end and you can't get out of it. These are so helpful for those situations.
0: And I'm also thinking about, you know, like a lot of my clients, um, especially during this winter, have shared with me what a, what a dark, heavy winter it has seemed. Mm-hmm. You know, like the heaviness of it. People's depression has been up. Um, last week I was, I was talking to someone saying I've never had so many clients come in. And they're not really saying they're suicidal, but they're like, what's the point? Like hopeless. Where is hope?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, where is hope? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I have actually had a lot of suicidal people. The yeah. last couple of months.
0: So I think that yeah. in this time that we need to hear what you have to say more than ever, uh, because you not only are a living example of what you teach, but you have great knowledge
2: to share with people regarding that. Yeah. yeah I love how happy people are when they do start to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> just like, ooh, ah. Yeah, because it makes it easier, right? It does yeah. make it easier. And this doesn't mean everything is a you know, a laugh or a hop and a skip or whatever—you still have to do your work. And but. I, yeah, and I'm also
0: hearing—I don't mean to butt in—but I'm also hearing you say that a lot of the techniques or the things that you teach people, they can take with them. It's like the toolbox that you could just have with you. You yes. don't have to be carrying a bunch of devices or, um, you know, a big suitcase full of, you know, supplements or something. <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> just say no to having to
2: pay extra baggage fees. <laughs>
0: Because you have it with you. Yes, you do. Anyway, this is Loretta Brown. My guest today is uh, Kathy Wilmering, counselor, psychiatric nurse, and owner of Sea Change Health and Wellness. We're talking about music as medicine. We're going to be talking more about it when we come back after the break. Don't go away. This is Loretta Brown.
1: Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress. Grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today.
3: Did you know as many as 15 million Americans have been diagnosed with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Sadly, COPD is the third most common cause of death in the United States. Hi, I'm Representative Cindy Rhee from Washington. As many as 12 million adults may have COPD and not know it. COPD could include wheezing, cough, chest tightness, and shortness of breath, and it can vary from day to day. COPD is a disease that can worsen over time, and patients may experience flare-ups. Flare-ups can increase shortness of breath and uncontrollable coughing and may lead to hospitalization or even death. While COPD is not curable, there are treatments available to help you breathe better and prevent flare-ups. If you or a loved one has COPD, please talk with your doctor to create an action plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, please visit womeningovernment.org.
1: Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show. I love the music that Benny puts in there. So that
1: would be Stardust. Uh, Music sounds better with you. Oh,
0: music sounds better with you. Yes, it does. I have my wonderful guest, Kathy Wilmering, on today. And we're going to open the lines for questions. So, If you have a question about using your voice as medicine, if you just have a question for Kathy, she's a counselor, psychiatric nurse, and owner of Sea change Health and Wellness, Uh, you want to give us a call in the studio. uh, The number is 425-373-5527 or 1-888-298-5569. And I might also add, if you just want to call in for a little angel message, please join us on the air. We'd love to have you. So, anyway, we're talking about, like I said, using your voice as medicine. We're talking about mantra, mudra, and things like that. Um, Kathy, you I know that you've been to other cultures. I know you've done a lot of studying, right? Mm-hmm. How do other cultures incorporate mantra and mudra into either their lives or their health and wellness? How, talk about that a little bit.
2: That's... Let's see. That is a big question, mm-hmm. and so I'm familiar with, for, for example, some of the Asian cultures, yeah. where yeah people weave that into every day. It's sort of like eating, and so sort of like easy eating. I like how is. you said
0: that, like brushing your teeth and eating, and then mantra. Yeah, or be, yeah, because you
2: really need your nutrition, and sometimes mantra before eating. Yeah, <laughs> depending on your situation. Yeah, yeah, so. People um, use it that way and use mudras um, the same way, and I was serious and I was talking about them as medicine and as past personal peace, both, because there are certain ones that I'm used to that people you know, would do um, as a group, you know, just that the would be generally done throughout the culture, but then there's very specific ones for your situation. What what makes it? Uh, what makes your voice? uniquely medicine,
0: right? Because the title of your workshop is Using Your Voice as Medicine. And I, I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, I'm a musician, so I play instruments, and I know you do too. But what is the uniqueness about our voice? And
2: what makes it more powerful, or is it? Two things. Um, one is our voice within us, and the other is our voice as we connect with other people. And so um, the first thing is that our voices vibrate in us, and like I was talking before, vibrate all the um, fluid in us, and this is, can have positive results or difficult results depending on how we're using it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And
2: so there's very specific ways that we can use it, um, mantra being one of them. And when we do mantras, we do move our tongue in different ways and um, touch our palates. That creates different vibrations that um, actually go into our brains and create good conditions for learning and focus and for calming ourselves and actually for spiritual connection. Yeah. So that's just a few of the ways. And then also, of course, it doesn't go just to our brains, but it also goes to the rest of the body too and provides different kinds of vibrations so that we have our own ultrasound therapy yeah. within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then it's so interesting to read about growth and development, like baby in the womb and so forth, um, growing up and, you know, coming out and then growing up because we are uniquely configured so that we respond to the human voice. And so even in utero, we're responding and learning to feel connected and soothed by that, you know, or otherwise, unfortunately, sometimes the other way around, depending on how things are going. Right. So those are some of the ways that our voices can be our medicine.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking... Um you know, like babies in the womb, um, when, when I was uh, pregnant with my babies, which has been a few years ago now, um, I played the piano all the time. And um, I remember that after my son was born, that if he was upset, I'd stick him under the piano and just play, you know, like a baby grand, just stick him under on the floor and play the piano, and it would calm him down. And this idea that, you know, if we were to sing to our babies, if we talk to our babies,
2: um, they will. it will help them grow, I think is real. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There's a great story, and I don't know. I wish I knew who it was to attribute it to, and it's true, about a little brother, and he was, they told him he was going to have a sister, and so he sang, you know, they sang a song every day. So the sister was born and became critically ill and was in the neonative intensive care unit, not expected to live. And so the, the mother wanted the brother to come, and they wouldn't. So finally, she just, like, stomped her foot and insisted. And so he came and he sang the song that they'd sung all through pregnancy. Oh. And the little girl started to get better at that time and ended up going home. and That's so sweet.
0: Die. That's a sweet, sweet story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. Me too. Um, there's also that story about the monks, and I don't know which monks it, it oh, yeah.
2: was, right? You know that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because that was the other thing I wanted to say, too, when you're asking about how other cultures use sound. Yeah. And they use them for group cohesiveness. And it's so interesting when you sit in a group and have people do mantra together, because all their issues and strengths come out in that chanting. You see some people striving to be heard the most. You see other people are kind of afraid to let their voices come out. And then, you know, you see people that are striving to harmonize and Sometimes people that are just enjoying um, the mix. And so as groups sound together, they become more as one. And so that helps soothe a lot of things.
0: I, I agree with that. I think there's something about the, uh, the, uh, the raising of the voices together, the joining of the voices. And, you know, I talk a lot with my uh, clients and people about finding our voice. Like, do we, do we even have a voice? Are we able to say what we need or are we not? hmm And um, and then there's this thing also, you know, like the difference for me between chanting together and being in a choir together is that chant, you know, sometimes in choir, we're like, oh, my voice isn't good enough or blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And when we're using our own voice as medicine, your your voice is perfect.
2: Yes, I like that. The whole thing that you don't have to be a musician. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact. If you're one of those musicians that's into perfection, it will actually get in your way. Yes. And on the other hand, then a mantra practice will be very good because it can move you beyond that really stifling perfection. Yes. Need for perfection, I mean.
0: Yeah, need for perfection. Um, I'm also being with, there's a a couple of questions I have you you may or may not know the answers to, but I'm thinking to myself while you were talking about, you know, when we do mantra, of course, you and I are in the Vedic chanting, you know, as Mm -hmm. as. So that's a certain type of mantra. You know, it's different than kirtan, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and also, um, it, you know, because we're chanting Sanskrit or we're chanting a language other than English, we could chant, you know, I am so awesome, I am so awesome, right? <laughs> so can you talk to that a little bit about what is the difference in there? Does it matter what we chant, what our mantra is?
2: Yes, It does matter. And one of the things that's fascinating about the origins of language is that it wasn't always words, you know, the way we think about words now. It used to be that people would, you know, came up, especially as they observed nature, is that there were different sounds that created experiences in the natural world. For example, if you wanted something to grow, there would be certain sounds that enabled that and enlivened that. Um, your seed or your whatever, Mm, so that mm -hmm. you could um, have things sprout and grow. You mean like singing to the plants? Um, Yeah, except for it wasn't even singing as I understand it back then from what I've heard and studied. It was more like you would um, make sounds, and those sounds grew into some of the sounds that we use now in Mm, mantra. mm. And as that went on, sometimes it's hard for people to just be with sounds, but they start getting pictures and stuff that goes with it. And so, from what I understand, that is how people came up with different gods and goddesses that went with some of the sounds.
0: Oh, that's fascinating.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't so much the, that it always had to be, you know, this particular goddess or that, but that was what came out of people's experience. So it was sort of, uh, if I could say, intuitively done? Yes. or With deep listening, uh, kind of listening when you're very connected to the earth and then you're open And then you hear what's, you know, with the earth, but also what's inherent in it and what's beyond it.
0: Um, I love that because, you know, um, in my temple class, I was talking last month about knowing our real name. Like, what is the name Mm. of something? Yes. And what is, you know, like, what is the true name of the goddess, right? If we call her Isis, is that her true name, right? Or is it more sound, you know, and like, what is our true name? You know, my name's Loretta. But what's my true name might be yeah. some kind of a sound.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. That is very good. And then, um, you know, what you're saying about whether it matters, like which language we chant in. Mm-hmm. Um, the useful thing about chanting a language that isn't spoken routinely anymore is that it gets us beyond our associations mm-hmm. to it. And s- a lot of times that gets us unstuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But of course, it's fine. You know, many of us have prayers and different things that we're used to saying or singing or whatever and that's also good this is just different in the way it goes
0: yeah i uh for my own self i really like chanting in the different language because like you say i'm like i've number one i have to really work on it like i have no <laughs> idea what i'm saying like i hope it's right right um but the other thing is yeah i can't it it gets past my logic brain uh which is is you know
2: yeah, and in much West- Western culture, we're pretty stuck on logic brain.
0: Yeah, we're pretty stuck in there.
2: So it's good. It's just it needs company. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Um, so um, I want to talk a little bit about breath.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, because breath and breathing huh, is super important, right? And also because we're we're gonna we're touching on how to deal with anxiety and trauma, which we'll get more into in just a minute. But mm-hmm. um, Talk about the breath. What's the importance of the breath? I mean, don't we breathe all the time?
2: Well, I've noticed that most of us do. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs>
0: Most of us do breathe.
2: Yes. But in my, <laughs> uh, over the years, as working as a um, nurse practitioner and psychotherapist, I've noticed that there's much of the time that when we don't breathe, and that's what creates some issues if we don't not breathe correctly. So when we're anxious or when we're worked up, right, what happens to our breath? Yes, when we're pissed (laughs) off or when we're anxious or when we're very (gasps) dysregulated. Listen, here, you. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Right. Yes. Well, that's fine to do that because, of course, our breath changes, and then that changes our blood pressure and our heart rate and just about everything inside of us, all of our physiology. And so... It's good to be able to um, have some of that, to be able to fluidly shift your mood yeah, and your state of your body. And so the problem is, though, when you get stuck in one form of breathing and being, that gets you in trouble.
0: You know, that's a great statement. I, I talk a lot to people about, like, the mind-body connection, um, like the posture of my body is affecting what I'm thinking and feeling, and what I'm thinking and feeling is affecting the posture of my body, you know, this kind of a thing. Yeah. And um, sometimes the very simplest things, like I remember my mother used to say, all right, everybody out of the house, go run around the house five times and come back and see if you're better, right? Mm-hmm. And it would so, totally shift not only our 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 mood and our energy, but, but our physiology, it would change us,
2: yeah. Yeah, and if you're too focused on something or if you can't focus enough, it's helpful to shift your breathing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And a lot of times we take it for granted and take our lungs for granted. So a lot of times actually just starting to really appreciate those shifts our breathing in a helpful way too. I love this idea of shifting your breathing because some of the questions
0: that I get a lot are things like, you know, because I'm always talking to people about mastering their emotions. Like, okay, one of the the things on planet Earth is mastering our emotions or in other words, not being taken down or powering up that anger when you start Mm -hmm. to feel it. And they'll go, I don't want to master my emotions. I'm angry. <laughs> right, you know? Uh-huh. And I've often said to people, you know, put your mind on something else, try to think of something else. But you're saying shift your breathing. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example of that for us? Like a, like a, a how,
2: yeah, be more specific. What do you mean? Well, there's lots of ways from the most simple to really esoteric ways of doing it. Yeah. But um, one way that's very simple is just to inhale and then make your exhale longer than your inhale and does it matter if you're breathing through your mouth or your nose well a lot of times nose is more calming but if your nose is stuffed up or whatever (laughs) because you've been sobbing (laughs) yeah the trouble you can breathe through your mouth and have it work but then a lot of times in your mouth gets really dry right away I also
0: saw you automatically doing a movement because I think you do that breath a lot
2: And is that movement important also? Um, No, I'm a Qigong practitioner, so I usually automatically do movements with my breathing. So yes, those can power that, and that's one of the things that I will show people in my workshop, Um, but you don't have to. So sometimes you can even just um, breathe in your nose, hopefully, and then like count to three, and then breathe out and make that longer. So you can go, two, three, Three, hold. And let out, one, two, three, four, five, and then hold a little bit. And that will shift things. All right. So for the
0: listeners, yeah, because I like that. That was really nice. And this is just a little technique to help uh, shift your mood, I suppose you might say, or shift your mind. To shift
2: your state. Shift your state. And actually just to feel more comfortable, Mm -hmm. especially if you're afraid.
0: Yeah, especially if you're afraid. So I'm just going to go back through it uh, with you, Kathy, and I'll just kind of verbalize it to the listening audience and those people watching can watch but it's like you breathe in to the count of three Mm -hmm. you hold for the count of three you exhale for the count of five yeah yeah and and hold for the count of three and then do it again
2: yes yeah and those numbers don't have to be exact right you just experiment to see what works for you right right and I'm I'm imagining too because I know what
0: it's like when I'm anxious and kind of riled up and then I start to breathe and calm down and my breath will slow right so I'll be able like like in the beginning if you're upset you might just be like (gasps) 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 right you know you're just trying to get the air moving and then after a little bit you'll find you'll be able to take a a breathe in you'll be able to slow the whole thing down
2: yeah yeah and I I was surprised at how powerful this other one is Uh uh-huh and there's a um, a teacher whose name was Yogi Ambajan. Um, yes. And so he came up with this. Or, well, he learned it. I don't know if he heard it himself or learned it over generations you know, from his teachers. Right. But I've even used it with some of my clients with schizophrenia when they're upset. And it even works then, which is saying a lot.
0: And that's the exercise you just gave us? No, this
2: is one I'll just say really oh, quickly. Oh, you're going to do it Okay, good. Yeah, so you just breathe in. And then inside yourself, you say the word, victory. Victory. And then breathe out. And then breathe in again. Victory. Victory. And breathe out. Yeah. Wow. And then just keep doing that. What I like about that one is you can do it like in the middle, even if you're in the middle of a boring meeting, but you know you have to get (laughs) up and talk or something, you can do it while you're waiting and nobody will know. So you're breathing in, and while you're
0: holding the breath, you're thinking victory in your mind. In your mind. And your mind. Exhale it. Mm-hmm, Exactly. Okay, good. I love that one. Yeah, but that one could be helpful today, you guys. Just saying, you know, <laughs> Mercury going direct and wanting to get out there and communicate. You might need to, like, hey, wait a minute. Let me catch my breath before I jump in there.
2: Yeah, right. that's true. And mm-hmm. there are much fancier ways, too, about drawing the breath through the body in certain places. Mm-hmm. So that's some stuff I want to teach people also. In that workshop about calming anxiety, ah,
0: yeah. So uh, Kathy Wilmering is my guest. This is Loretta Brown. Kathy is the owner of Sea Change Health and Wellness. She's got a couple of great workshops coming up, and um, April twelfth and thirteenth. Yeah. Is that right?
2: Yeah, you don't have to do both. You can do, or you, or you can,
0: you can. Yeah, you Either can way. do them both. Um, one of them is on a Friday. One's on a Saturday. Yes. And uh, tell us a little bit. You can sign up for her workshops, by the way, if you want to do it already. Where do they sign up, Kathy?
2: Um, they go to kwilmering dot com. Okay, K like Kathy. Um, but just letter K all together with wilmering dot com.
0: dot com. You can sign up for her classes there. Her two classes. Uh, one of them is using your voice as medicine. Is that your Friday class? Yeah, your voice is your medicine. Will be on Friday. And on Saturday, how to calm anxiety and find personal peace through mantra, mudra, and breath. My goodness, these sounds like fantastic workshops. Uh, Tell us a
2: little bit about them and um, where are they going to be at? Okay. Well, I'll say where first and then I'll just say where they're going to be at. They're going to be at um, Finney Neighborhood Center in Seattle. Finney Neighborhood Center. Finney Neighborhood Center, yeah. Actually, that's where both of them will be. It's in pretty easy to get to in seattle and so i like that location because it's right near green lake and it's always good to learn these kind of things um near a body of water or where there are trees
0: i think it's, it's a- lovely there the finney neighborhood center yeah it's a great location uh mm. for a workshop
2: lots yeah. of places to eat i you used to l-
0: live uh near uh, uh green lake and that the energy is just fantastic in through there yeah i agree with you the body of water is important yeah,
2: but yeah. it's more important, actually, what we do, though, actually, too. So yeah. what I hope, what I um, am planning for the Your Voice is Your Medicine workshop is to actually go more deeply into a mantra and have people experience for themselves the effect on their own bodies mm. and their own spirits, actually. Mm-hmm. And so there'll be a lot of experiential work. You know, I'll talk some, too, about you know, how that works in your body and how more specifics about how other cultures use it. Oh, and go I, from there. I love this idea. Um, I love
0: experiential workshops because, I mean, I love lecture. But at some point, if when we experience it, I think that's just very powerful. Who can benefit from this this workshop
2: or these workshops? Well, I can't think of anybody that can't actually. But especially with people that are ready to transform themselves, like to come to a new place with, you know, either a physical health challenge or otherwise, just in their lives in general. So. Those people in those positions will benefit the most from it.
0: I'm going to read off of your, um, your flyer here um, the, about your voice as medicine. And, and she writes here about, it's just her ad for it, that at this workshop, your voice is your medicine, Kathy Wilmering is going to share simple but powerful ways to use voice and music to help you reduce pain Calm stress and anxiety. Boost your focus and productivity. Increase your happiness and your inner peace. Do we have any inner peace? We need some. (laughs) Uh, Feel more centered, grounded, and safe in your body. That's a huge one, Kathy. And strengthen your healthy response to negative energy. Yeah. We have so much
2: of that (laughs) just culturally going on right now. It seems... Like, it's really a good time to put out some things that people can use, some tools.
0: I think that that alone, strengthen your healthy response to negative energy, because I know people are like, what would she just say? Or like, roll their eyes in their head. But yeah, we have got so much negativity going on. And I'm an empath, and I know you're an empath. A lot of people are empaths. Mm -hmm. We're having a very difficult time trying to hold our own. And then a lot of our physical maladies are coming from that stress and that anxiety and even the trauma that we're receiving almost on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah. So your simple but effective techniques are really for everybody. Kathy also writes, participants (laughs) usually finish this workshop happy.
2: Yes, they do. (laughs) I'm a cautious person, so I never say 100% because I am cautious, but... Yes.
0: Well, there's always those pr- that person going. What are you doing I with that happy stuff to. out there? That's I do right? <laughs> You can't make me happy. Yep. You know. And I
2: don't think I'd want to make somebody happy that didn't want to be made happy anyway, because that <laughs> would be pretty rude.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, now that's your voice as medicine workshop. The other workshop is called Calming Anxiety, Personal Peace through Mantra Mudra and Breath. To remind you, it's Saturday, April thirteenth from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and um, at Finney Center in Seattle. And in this workshop, you will get tools and practices to relieve anxiety for yourself and or your clients. So if you work with people, this would be a great one to come to.
2: Yeah, that's what I love about any kind of work like this is when we help ourselves, we also automatically have tools to help anybody we work with.
0: Yeah, and I love that because uh, it's so important that those of us that are caregivers, caretakers, uh, teachers, counselors, you know, Reiki practitioners, whatever, that we make sure that we take care of ourselves. And often we do need to have something very quick that we can turn
2: to. Yeah, and yeah. even, you know, a lot of times we don't think about the people that live with somebody with a severe anxiety disorder. Um, if you live with somebody that panics all the time or has flashbacks or whatever, that also impacts your mental health. And these kind of things that I'm talking about also help someone in that situation, in your situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, other things that are, are written about her calming anxiety workshop are that in this workshop, you will get a solid scientific grounding in how the body creates anxiety and how you can manage it. And I love this one, Kathy. A road into a profound spiritual connection. So you feel grounded and loved no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. My goodness, we just need that, don't we? we? Do. Yeah. Yeah, because that will take us through anything. Yeah. I think many of us are feeling ungrounded. And when we feel ungrounded, we feel afraid. Yes, we do. Yes, we do.
2: So... um. Tell us a little bit, where can people get a hold of you? Well, um, definitely through my website, mm-hmm. which is kwilmering.com. I love that. Thanks for that spelling one. it out. Yeah, it's always. And then um, phone through phone, of course, 206-632-9522. And I don't know if email is too long. To remember, but sea change, three at Comcast. Dot, no, let I me mean, sea change at kwilmering.com. That's okay. probably easier. And it's
0: C-change, sea change, S E H Like the ocean. Like the ocean. Yeah. And no, these these uh, shows are archived. People can go and listen to them again, and you can get that information. And I also understand you're offering a discount to my listeners today. We love discounts. Oh, <laughs> really?
2: Now I'm so surprised.
0: We, <laughs> I thought everybody we would we want love a pay full discounts. Price. If you want a discount to the workshop, pay attention.
2: (laughs) All right. So you go to the workshop and go to the website, um, which also, by the way, has a way to reach me by email. And so you sign up for the workshop of your choice or both. You also get a discount on that. Um, And so the way I would work it out is you would sign up there and then I'd get the registration and um, if you would... Let me know that you are had signed up from Loretta show, then I will give you a rebate. Perfect. Okay. I'll give so, you a twenty dollar rebate.
0: So all of you guys, I want you to go to
1: You're just name dropping. That's right. So name drop Loretta. <laughs> that's right. And there you go. Name <laughs>
2: that's drop exactly Loretta. Right. You get a discount. Keep it simple. Loretta <laughs> name dropping you know, you pays should off. <laughs> try <laughs> you that at
0: other restaurants and find <laughs> well, a good thought. <laughs> just mention, hey, I'm a friend of Loretta Brown. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen, but you know, you never know.
2: My mother did that once, and it worked great.
0: Did it? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much, Kathy, for being on the show. This is great. Uh, This is Loretta Brown with Reiki Oasis. My guest today, Kathy Wilmering from Sea Change Health and Wellness. She's got two great workshops coming up April 12th and 13th. Go. You need to be there. See you there. Bye now. Have a great week.